This is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, then make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. And then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement too. You can also find me at Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think, no, I know, you're going to be encouraged. <laughs> y'all. In this week's episode, I want to talk to you about how to create a homeschool co-op. You know, moms ask me stuff like this all the time. My son loves fill in the blank. How can I nurture that? Or stuff like, I really want our family to learn or study fill in the blank next year, but what can I do? And you know, I always answer with the same two things. Either one, Find a mentor, curriculum, group, or class to support and help you, or create it yourself and learn right alongside your child. But that's what homeschool moms do, right? We find what our kids need, and if we can't find it, we create it ourselves. Now, it might sound a bit daunting to create your own co-op, but when you break it down, it really is quite simple. The best part about creating your own homeschool co-op is that you have freedom to meet the exact needs of your child because you're the one designing the learning environment. So let's back up a minute. What exactly is a co-op? Well, in a nutshell, co-op is short for cooperative. So a homeschool co-op is a group of families that meet together to hold activities or classes for their families. Typically, they meet once a week but that can vary depending on the group and the co-op. When it comes to co-ops, the sky is the limit. Co-ops can meet at parks and homes, backyards, hiking trails, churches, or even rented spaces. Co-ops can meet together to learn just about anything from archery to sewing to stargazing to poetry and really anything and everything in between. Our co-ops over the years have been extremely varied. Now, our first co-op was a backyard creation club that we hosted for some friends. It was about eight families that met once a month in our backyard. Each month, we focused on a different day of creation. And the ages of our co-op, well, they varied from high schoolers to preschoolers. Each family would share a science experiment or a demonstration, or they would present something that related to each day of creation that we were studying. I'll share more about this and our Backyard Creation Science Co-op in a future podcast. So if you're interested, make sure you subscribe to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast so you don't miss it this summer. Now, our Backyard Creation Co-op was free because everyone prepared something to share or something to teach each month. 
One family signed up to bring snacks each month, so no money was needed for food or supplies. And then after the presentations, we ate and we played together. Now, when my daughter was in third grade, we met with just one other family once a week to travel the world together. My friend and I picked out the countries we wanted our kids to learn about that year, and then we divvied it up. Each week, we took turns preparing fun lessons and activities and crafts to do, and then a fun lunch item that we could prepare together and eat for lunch as we explored foods of a particular country. And we rotated houses, too. When it was my turn to teach, they came to us. And when it was Michelle's turn to teach, we met at her house. Now, another year, three families met once a month for art and writing. In the morning, I would teach the writing and IW to the kids. And we would eat lunch together and play. And then in the afternoon, Rebecca would teach the art history and the art lessons. And of course, this co-op was free, too. I taught the writing. Another mom taught art, and the third mom prepared the lunches for everyone, so the expenses were a wash. When my daughter was in high school, seven of her theater friends came over to our house once a week to learn Shakespeare. I did all the teaching so the moms could go back home and homeschool the younger siblings. When my son was in high school, he met with two of his friends at a friend's house once a week to learn about modern world history through movies and to also do the Dave Ramsey personal finance course together. My friend Tracy taught them personal finance in the morning. Then the boys ate lunch while they watched a movie together. And then after the movie was over, we would discuss it and its historical significance. Now, over the years, I didn't just create co-ops, but we joined larger co-ops that were sponsored by our homeschooling group or run by groups like Classical Conversations. Now, in those larger co-ops, sometimes I taught as a way to pay for participating, and sometimes, y'all, I just showed up, I helped clean, and I paid others to do the activities. Eventually, our family started our own co-op. It started out with just me teaching writing and IAW to about a dozen kids once a week at a neighborhood church facility. And then over the years, it has grown in size and scope. Now our co-op is over 175 families, and we meet twice a week for fellowship, fun, and tons of great classes. But y'all, this is just an idea of some of the ways that our family has been involved with co-ops over the years. There are all kinds of co-ops. If you can think it, you can create it. People start them based on their own needs and desires. Now, some co-ops are specific to a certain type of homeschooling. For example, Classical Conversations is based on the classical model of education. And then there are Charlotte Mason co-ops that use Charlotte Mason-inspired curriculum, and they teach subjects that are typical to a Charlotte Mason type of education. And then there's Waldorf co-ops, unschooling co-ops, and wild and free co-ops, too. There are some that have whole families that meet together and others that are drop-off programs. In my opinion, though, Drop-off programs aren't really co-ops, since not all the moms are helping in some way. Because usually in a co-op, everyone helps in some way. Now, even if a mom doesn't want to teach or doesn't like to teach, there are so many other ways that each mom can cooperate and to help with the group. For example, one mom can host the co-op in her home and backyard. And let's get real. That's an act of service right there. 
cleaning the house or the yard for a group of people to come over once a week or once a month, well, that's quite a task. Or one mom can volunteer to bring the food or snacks each week. Or if the group is really big, she can volunteer to organize the food each week. And then the moms who don't feel comfortable teaching can sign up to bring the food each and every week. One mom, why she can help by taking care of the little ones while the older ones are engaged in lessons or activities. And if the group is large, this is probably going to be a two-mom job anyway, especially if there's babies involved. And don't think you have to teach an academic subject either if you're involved in a co-op. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. Now, some co-ops are created for members of a specific faith. Other homeschool co-ops are for single subjects such as art or science. Really, the sky is the limit on how to define a homeschool co-op. But co-ops are basically a group of people with a common interest who create an activity that fills a need. So starting a homeschool co-op is really all about filling a need that you have. Now, if you want a place for your boys to be boys or to play sports together with other boys, well then create it. If you want your book-loving daughter to have a place to discuss all those books that she's reading, then create a book club. If you want a rigorous, high educational day full of classes, then create it. It really can be that simple. If you have the desire to build it, there will most definitely be people who will come and who will want to join you in your co-op. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. What are the steps in creating your own co-op? Well, I think there's about seven, but they're super easy. The first one is the most important one. Set a purpose for your group. Two, find like-minded friends to join you. Three, decide on the format of your co-op and the location. And then four, figure out the cost of it. Five, discuss the roles of each mom and the expectations of the group. Six, plan the activities. And then seven, host an info night. All right, so let's talk about the most important one. Set a purpose for your co-op. So what is the purpose of your co-op? Is it going to be basically for fellowship and fun and socialization? Or is it to learn with friends? Or is it to teach certain subjects like math or chemistry? Is it going to be for enrichment like art or music? Is it going to be for physical activity? Or is it religious or faith-based? Is it to teach maybe life skills or to have an expert teach a skill or topic each week? Is it to hold yourself accountable or to get help in a certain area? Maybe it's an outdoor club. So think about it. What is the purpose? Because that's where you're going to start. If you're wanting to start a nature group or an adventure club, then make sure you check out Coffee with Carrie Homeschool podcast episode number 89. In that one, I had the privilege to interview Cynthia Garcia, and we talked about how to start your own adventure club and how to incorporate nature hikes and nature studies into your lessons and into your co-op. So again, that's episode number 89. Make sure you check it out. Okay, so what are some co-op ideas? Okay, we've got book clubs, sewing, knitting, cooking, 
You could do a Bible study. You could have a poetry tea time. Your co-op could be about government or speech and debate or nutrition or photography. It could be art or maybe it's a choir or a musical theater group or maybe it's a robotics team or it's gaming or it's a Lego class. Maybe it's a game day or a park day. Maybe it's even just a field trip group or a chess club. Mamas, you name it, you can create it. So whatever is your child's interest or whatever are your needs, you can create a co-op for it. Now, once you decide on the purpose of your co-op, then search out like-minded friends to help you organize it or to at least join it. And what do I mean by like-minded? Well, you want to make sure everyone is on the same page as you are with regards to your Christian beliefs. Co-ops are a safe place for you and for your children. And also keep in mind how others in your group view homeschooling. You don't all have to agree on methodology or curriculum choices, but it can get a little tricky if most of the moms say want fellowship and one mom wants a drop-off program. Or if one mom wants very strict homework policies and the rest of the moms are more relaxed in their homeschooling style. So once you gather some like-minded friends together, now it's time to decide on the format of your group. Now, there are several things to consider when it comes to the format or the kind of co-op you have. First, what's going to be the size of your group? Will it just be you and a friend? Or maybe you want it to be three or four families, so it's only three or four moms that you have to coordinate schedules with. Or maybe you want a dozen or so, so you can divvy up all the workload and the teaching assignments. Just remember, the larger the group, that the more challenging it gets to coordinate schedules and to agree upon who's doing what and when. Second, decide on the age of your group. Is it going to be just for middle schoolers or just for preschoolers or just for high schoolers? Or will it be a family style with a mix of all ages? Will it be a boys-only or a girls-only group? Next, figure out how often you want to meet. Do you want to meet once a month because maybe it's a field trip group or a nature hike group or an art class? Or do you want to meet twice a month because maybe they're going to do a project one week and then maybe do some discussing the next week? Or do you want to meet once a week because the topic or the material is so much that you need extra days to meet? Or maybe this co-op day is going to be counted as one of your school days. Or this is for fellowship and socialization as much as it is for learning. If so, you might want to meet regularly once a week. Finally, with regards to the format of your co-op, decide who will be doing the teaching. Now, in most co-ops, everyone pitches in and does something. And it's usually free because everyone, quote unquote, barters a service and contributes in some way. Like, I'll teach math if you teach the science, or I'll teach art if you teach the writing. As mentioned earlier, some moms can cooperate or be a part of the co-op or barter their services (laughs) by watching the younger kids or bringing food for lunch and snacks or even hosting it at their home. Now, moms with special skills or talents can teach something too. Maybe it's photography or archery or a fitness class or knitting or nature journaling. Another way to look at it is every mom should take a turn somewhere. 
For example, if you meet once a month, then each mom might be assigned a month to prepare activities and teach. You can do this for a weekly co-op too if you want. Moms quote-unquote barter by taking turns being responsible for teaching every other week or once a month. Now, post-COVID, the new trend is to gather some kids together and hire a credential teacher to come in and teach the kids all day. This really isn't a co-op. This is really more of a learning pod. In a learning pod, the moms pitch in to pay the teacher, and usually they even drop off the kids and leave and let the teacher do all the teaching. Now, once you decide on the format of your group, how many will be in it, how often you'll meet, and who will be doing the teaching, then start looking into where to meet. The easiest is to meet at someone's house or at a local park. If it is at someone's home, you might want to rotate homes each time or pick a home in the middle geographically. If your co-op is larger and you need to be indoors, then check with your church. Sometimes they will allow groups to use a room once a week for free or for a small fee. If your group now is very large, like ours is, you'll definitely need to get some insurance or a liability policy in order to rent a facility. Now, another important thing to consider when starting a co-op is the cost of it. One reason it's called a co-op is because everyone cooperates and pitches in to help pay for the activities, whatever that might be. If materials and supplies need to be purchased, will the moms take turns with no reimbursements? Or will a fee be collected from all the families at the beginning of each semester to cover the cost of supplies? Maybe it's a science co-op. Well, the lab supplies can get pretty expensive in that kind of co-op. The mom who's teaching and doing the experiments might be spending a lot of money out of her pocket for these activities. And the same is true for art co-ops and cooking classes. So decide from the beginning if everyone will be bartering and borrowing, or will fees be collected to reimburse those who are teaching each week or month. Now, before you start planning the activities and hosting an info night, make sure you meet with everyone involved to go over the expectations and the guidelines of your co-op. If your co-op is not a drop-off program and all the moms are expected to be there, be very clear on the roles for each mom. You don't want hurt feelings mid-year when one mom is feeling like she's doing everything and another mom is consistently showing up not prepared. Set expectations for homework, too. Will there be homework? Will it be optional or mandatory? Will there be presentations? And if so, are all expected to participate? What are the guidelines for discipline issues? Because not all families will agree with your style of parenting or the way that you discipline, so make sure the co-op rules are explained and understood by all, especially when conflict arises between kids or even between the moms. Now, the final thing to do is to have a planning party with all the moms involved. Make it a mom-only meeting. Brainstorm ideas and figure out calendar dates and times. Plan the activities and organize who's teaching what, when, and finalize your meeting places. So there it is. Seven easy steps to creating a co-op. One, set a purpose for your group. Know why you're meeting. Two, find like-minded friends who want to join you. Three, 
decide on the format and the location. Four, figure out the cost because it will come up. Five, discuss the roles of each mom and the expectations of the group so there's no hurt feelings later on. And six, plan the activities and host an info night. Remember, starting a homeschool co-op is all about filling a need that you have. If you have the desire to build it, there will most definitely be people who will come and who will join you in your next homeschooling adventure. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our new and improved website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify and streamline your homeschooling, then this is a perfect book to read. Now, if you heard something you liked or something new, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or with a homeschooling friend who needs some fresh ideas. If you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. It helps other homeschooling moms find us easier. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and my book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And have fun starting that co-op. <laughs>